This is exactly right. It's 1943 in the Kingdom of Bulgaria. As the Second World War rages, King Boris dies suddenly and every nation is a suspect. The Butterfly King premieres March the 21st on Exactly Right. It's a cruel tale of a doomed royal dynasty. Somewhere, the truth is out there. Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did... My name is Millie DeCherico. I'm Danielle Henderson. Oh my god, I must forgot how to do an intro. Because you are juiced right now. <laughs> Look at my face. None of you can see it, but Danielle, see, I'm virtual cornholio-wing again. <sighs> Millie and I both are so fucking cranked on coffee right now, it's not even funny. Listen, they don't know this. We'll let them into a little secret because you guys are Stitcher Premium subscribers. We can give you a little secret. Normally we record at night, right? Not too late, but you know, in the evening, right? And sometimes when we do these bonus episodes, we do them in the earliest morning, mid, early afternoon, late morning. And the energy is just different because the coffee is extremely fresh and, uh, now I feel insane. I'm like ready to jump off the roof. Yeah, I feel like you're going to get up there and start chucking mocker nuts at the neighborhood. <laughs> and I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we should record at this time for our regular episodes. Think about how much we're already popping off. Dude, I know. Imagine how much energy we would bring to a regular episode. I'm already talking about Gregory Peck's dick at 8 p.m. <laughs> I know. What would happen is it would be like you talking about Gregory Peck's dick, but you being Leonardo DiCaprio from The Wolf of Wall Street, where he's yes. slamming the microphone into his face <laughs> as he's talking. I would be eating the microphone by the end of every episode. <laughs> we would have a DiCaprio vein pop every oh, fucking God. five seconds. We would never be able to do an all the way up episode again because every episode would be all the way up for us. <laughs> They'd be like, damn, didn't this podcast used to be these two talking and now they're just literally shouting every episode? (laughs) Yeah, so we just want to preface this entire conversation we're about to have with the fact that we are jacked on coffee. Juiced! Oh my god, I'm so jacked. Yes. You are like genuinely vibrating. I know. I'm like sitting here holding a cup being like Also before before we started recording we shared some some exciting news with each other and uh yeah. I think we were both vibrating from that as well. Yeah, it was a Friday double surprise as we've just figured out. A double surprise. Your surprise has me rolling. Yes. My surprise involved a creepy mask. So <laughs> <laughs> So that set a tone, I feel like. And then it just went downhill from there. But um, Or uphill? Or uphill. Yes, not downhill, uphill. Hello. Incredible. We have got so many great emails, as you know, or maybe this is your first time listening to a bonus episode, but we like to read your emails to you, your lovely messages that you send us. And so we are going to just jump right in and start doing that. We ask for, for emails of all variety. Uh, your your favorite <laughs> experiences in movie theaters, you know, if you've ever worked in a, in a theater, and we've got some good ones. Absolutely. 
Do you want me to read this first one? Yeah. Okay. So this is an email from Laura, and the title of it is called Mind Fuck Movies. Mm. Dearest Millie and Danielle, I am a huge fan of the podcast and want to thank you so much for sharing your insightful commentary, great sense of humor, and beautiful friendship. My question is if either of you have a recommendation for mindfuck movies. What I mean by that is dark movies with an incredible twist to the exclusion of movies with a usual predictable ending. Hmm. For example... A friend once heard me describe that and recommended Old Boy. He was right, but damn, it fucked me up. Other examples, if it is helpful, The Prestige, Gone Girl, and Seven. Any thoughts you have are greatly appreciated. Thank you, Laura. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a category unto itself. And because of where my head is right now, I thought the question was about mind fuck movies. And I was like, what? What is that? What is a mind fuck movie? <laughs> like, are you saying fuck movies or like fuck movies? <laughs> yeah. So basically, Laura's asking us if we have any faves of uh, movies that have like fucked up endings. Yeah. I got to say, like, I, uh, I have a couple that I'm thinking of, but then I'm also like, I don't know if it's necessarily what they might be asking because we'll throw them out. There's, yeah. there's a couple of movies that I think have really fucking crazy endings. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's maybe necessarily sort of something that you weren't expecting for the first part of the movie, but definitely shocking in the sense that it, that's like how a movie ends. Right. That could be part of it. Yeah. If, if that was the case, I, I think Rosemary's baby, honestly, for me is one mm. where the ending was sort of like, Holy fuck. Really? Like, <laughs> And I mean, Rosemary's Baby is a very famous movie, and we pretty much know at this point what happens. But the ending to me, I think, is fucking crazy. <laughs> and it's not as if, like, it wasn't expected necessarily, but it's more that, like, I can't believe they went there in that direction right. in a way. I don't know if I'm saying what I mean, but. Um, I think you are. I get yeah. it. I know. I think Laura Laura named one of my favorite movies in this category already, which is The Prestige. And for me, it's a movie that you're like, it's going along at a clip. It's already a good story. And the fact that the ending is so shocking just adds another layer to it. Because I keep thinking about movies that like make you want to go back to the beginning and watch it again. Yeah. To get all the, now that you know the secret, you can like get all the nuances. Yeah. So The Prestige is definitely that for me. Um, And that's a movie that stars Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale and just an incredible film. And David Bowie, weirdly. And it's about Tesla. It's got like a bunch of stuff in it. (laughs) Yeah. Never saw it, but we'll put it on the (gasps) list for sure. Oh, we're going to put it on the pod. Sure. Hey, if that's how if if that's what gets me to watch some of these films, then that's what what happens, right? I mean, oh yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff because of the pod that I never saw. So yeah, I'll, I'll watch that. But yeah, Seven I think is a good one. I mean, obviously like stuff like Usual Suspects. I mean, yeah, that's a kind of movie that has a twist ending. And then here's a movie that I haven't seen in a very long time, but I remember it being fucked up, which is Primal Fear, that movie from <gasps> yes. the nineties with Richard Gere. I just watched it again for the first time in a long time. Wow. Maybe we have to talk about that one at some point, too. Because I remember that being so fucked up. And then I was like, oh, I should watch that again. 
Absolutely. Oh, Ed Norton. Incredible. Yeah. That's a good one. Also, I know this is probably on a lot of people's list for mindfuck movies, but Memento is a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, Memento will fuck you up, and it is a good movie. Well, listen, hopefully that's enough recommendations for you, Laura. I feel like you already listed really good ones, too. So I'm like, yeah. okay, um, now I got to watch Gone Girl again, because I haven't seen that since it came out. So, Ugh. Another one that I watched recently. <laughs> Thank you for the recommendations, Laura. <laughs> I know. I'm going to fire up the prestige this weekend. Yeah. Well, we have another great email. And this uh, the topic is, love this show from another middle-aged lady. And this email is from Jessica K, who uses she, her pronouns. And Jessica says, dear movie queens, I love this podcast. I've been listening since the beginning and can honestly say Tuesdays are a highlight for my ear holes. As another ahem, middle-aged lady of a certain decade, I love all your reminiscing about the 80s and 90s. Millie, I believe your outfit from high school was exactly the same as mine, just a different baby doll tee under an old man cardigan. You referenced the Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley, be still my old heart. Hmm. I truly appreciate your take on movies and realize how much I relish a podcast that features two women who aren't living in Hollywood, bemoaning LA traffic or complaining about making TV shows. Well, not anymore, Jessica, but we (laughs) certainly were. (laughs) I live in the Midwest. These complaints mean nothing to me. But homeownership woes? Yes. If you haven't already, may I suggest the great movie Sneakers from the 90s. I feel like you could definitely make a theme featuring that one and technology. And Robert Redford, sincerely, though, as an RN in Chicago working in a pandemic, you have brought a lot of laughs at 3 a.m. Happy one-year anniversary. Sincerely, Jessica K. Well, thank you, Jessica, so much for writing in and for thanking, you know, for being so nice about our anniversary and for being a, an OG listener. Yes. Um, we really appreciate that. And I love this email. And I think that, you know, it's not... It's not often that we get an email that references the movie Sneakers from the 90s, but I got to say, that is the the number one way to my heart yes. is the movie Sneakers. I love sneakers. <laughs> like, we should do a theme around sneakers, and I don't know what... So Jessica's recommendation is, a mo- is to, to show the movie Sneakers and then another movie about technology from the 90s, which could be kind of fun. And I feel like Lawnmower Man might be in there or like, um, what's that Angelina Jolie one? Hackers. Hackers. <laughs> I mean, I've been wanting to do Hackers for a long time. I mean, you could do a horny for David Strathairn if you want to oh, go down that road. Who doesn't want to go down that road? Are you kidding me? Hello. There's a lot of... Uh, possible because there's a, it's like an ensemble cast so there's so yes. many roads you can go down maybe we could do a, a theme about like aging spy people or something i don't oh know oh my like, god that's right because sydney poitier old spies old spies <laughs> instead of old spice it'll be old spies yeah, yeah. any excuse sydney poitier's in that movie i love it isn't river phoenix in it that's what i mean river phoenix is in that movie um is bonnie bedelia who's the woman in the film the woman i love the 90s we're like who's the woman (laughs) (laughs) who's the only lady in the ensemble male cast i hope it's bonnie bedelia because i just love that name i love saying bonnie bedelia me too (laughs) as a little kid i remember watching her in movies and being like Amelia Bedelia is an actress. Okay, it is Mary McDonald. Oh, even better. I mean, kind of a similar look, not gonna lie. Yeah. 
Look, the 90s, you've got three options for a middle-aged woman in a role. You've got Mary McDonald, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, or Bonnie Bedelia. (laughs) You might throw a Rene Russo in there towards the end of the 90s. But early (laughs) 90s, you were mostly dealing with those three. (laughs) Listen, I love them all. I've known a a million Bonnies and I've rocked them all. (laughs) But uh, Sneakers is such a great suggestion. Yeah, that is a fantastic film, and you're right. It's got it. It has everything. Sneakers has everything. <laughs> You've got a young River Phoenix, an old Robert Redford, a tired Sydney Poitier, <laughs> a Mary McDonald, David Strathairn, a Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> a Dan Aykroyd. For some reason, yes, I'm into this idea. And we normally love taking your ideas for themes, but we usually have the movies under cover, like we've got those in, under control. But this was a really nice email suggesting both. And I think we're going to take you up on that, Jessica Kay. Yes, thank you. And thanks for being an RN in Chicago. My God, 3 a.m. I hope you're laughing. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So this next email has probably one of the best titles I've ever heard for an email. It comes from Jenny. And the title is, At the Movies, colon, Trippin' on Acid. <laughs> ah! All right. Dear Millie and Danielle, I'm heeding your original call for crazy movie experiences. In the early 1980s, my boyfriend and I went to a double feature of The Road Warrior and Pink Floyd's The Wall, tripping on acid. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Quite a double feature, I have to say. We'd seen both movies before, so we knew what we were getting into. Although now it would be through a psychedelic lens. The experience did not disappoint. In The Road Warrior, the Lord Humongous and his gang and the feral kid were extra freaky, and all those high-speed chases left tons of tracers on the screen. FYI, tracers are an acid effect (laughs) where visual trails are left behind moving objects. (laughs) I love that Jenny's like, look, as your resident acid (laughs) professional, let me tell you noobs what a tracer is. And I've never done acid, so I do truly appreciate the education. I have, and I actually was not clear that that's what that was called. (laughs) We are, we're excited. (laughs) I just thought it was like, I'm fucked up. I didn't realize there was, there was a term for that, but. Thank you. You're like, this is this is my life now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. The most alarming part was when Max gets into an accident and is picked up by the gyro captain. Did I say that right? Yeah. Gyro is it's not Euro, certainly. It's not Euro captain. That would be a whole different movie. <laughs> Mad Max is picked up by a fucking a guy with a shawarma. <laughs> a, a guy that owns a Euro restaurant. He's like, he's like slathered in tzatziki sauce. (laughs) Whole different movie. (laughs) I'm crying. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I've seen The Road Warrior several times, but I guess I don't know how to pronounce that when it's not the sandwich. Yeah, I don't know any of the character names at all. Jiro, Gyro. Gyro. The gyno captain. (laughs) The gyno captain. The most alarming part was when Max gets into an accident and is picked up by the gyro captain, where the sequence was shot in blurred and slow motion. The gyro captain saying, relax, partner, and laughing with his 
big old mossy teeth front <laughs> and center on the screen. Terrifying. <laughs> The wall had an abundance of trippy things, even if you're not on acid. But the most mesmerizing thing was the wall itself. They periodically show this giant full screen stone wall. And in my state of mind, the wall became a living, breathing entity. Damn. I got drawn into and fascinated by its many textures and the pulsating. At the end, not too much of a spoiler, when it explodes, I knew it was coming. But I was so hypnotized by the wall that the explosion made me jump about 10 feet in the air. (laughs) All in all, an A-plus movie experience. So much so, we went back two weeks later to see those movies tripping on acid again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't do drugs, kids. (laughs) That was Jenny saying that, by the way. Oh, God. I love you both. I love your podcast. It's made me start watching more movies again, having mostly been watching TV series. I appreciate how cinematically bold you are. I'm looking at you, shame and desperate living, and how you discuss movies across a full range of years and genres. Danielle, thank you for your recommendation of Can You Ever Forgive Me? I'd avoided it because I thought it would be too depressing, but now it's one of my favorite films. And Millie, courtesy of you, I can make the following statement. I have MacGruber on my watch list. Cinematically yours, Jenny. I could not love this email more if I tried. It is like, it's like hanging out with a friend. (laughs) Like, I love everything about this. Jenny is so descriptive and I just absolutely adore. Thank you so much for saying such nice things about the podcast and the movies that we pick and that starting to make you watch more movies again. That's always a goal of ours. So very grateful for that. And listen, you just walked our listeners through an acid trip. I appreciate I mean. that. For the, for the <laughs> folks that have never tripped on LSD, now they know what it's sort of like. And, um, you know, all we know now is that the wall becomes a breathing, living entity. Beautifully described. And that is terrifying. And maybe that is a reason to not do acid. But I'm just saying, thank you for doing that. Or, in Jenny's case, to do it again. <laughs> She's like, you know what? I don't have enough of this blowing up wall in my life. Let's drop some acid and do it again. I appreciate the commitment to the theme of that. Also, two weeks later. Yeah. The turnaround time for acid trips, I gotta say, like, two weeks later to watch the same movies. (laughs) I love it. I just love it. I have never done psychedelics. And I don't know that I can handle psychedelics in any film but especially these two. Like, I can't imagine being high in that way <laughs> and watching any movie, but let alone these two movies. Yeah. The Road Warrior is uh, very interesting. I don't think I could watch that on acid, to be honest. I could definitely watch The Wall on acid just because it feels like it was like intended for that. Yes. The Road Warrior doesn't seem like it was intended for acid. I'm just going to throw that <laughs> out there. Also, The Wall is one of those movies. I don't know if you what, what experience you have with it, but I saw it when I was um, a teenager. And of course, you know, you're absolutely right. Like the big thing was everyone being like, you've got to watch it stoned. It'll blow your mind. And then that was also around the time when people were talking about how if you put on the album and then play Wizard of Oz, it syncs up with Dorothy and all that stuff. Like, yeah. you know, we didn't have the internet back then. We just had to make shit up. Yeah. And so <laughs> I remember... My reluctance to both watch this film and start even listening to Pink Floyd 
was because I'm like, oh, it's it's an experience for people who are on drugs and I don't do drugs. Right. So when I finally watched the film, I'm like, oh, it's actually a beautiful film. It's an allegory. It's great. And then, you know, you, I didn't need to be high to get all the nuances of it. Yeah. However, I know that if I was high, it would be a whole different experience. Yes. I saw it at the drive-in probably about, God, 15 years ago or something like that. I was probably stoned. Definitely not on acid. Mm. My acid days are for the most part behind me, I have to say. I did acid in high school. <laughs> and I think I've talked about this on another episode where I feel like you have to be very aware of where you're doing acid in my mind. I feel like yes. if I'm doing a psychedelic, I am not leaving the house nope. in any capacity, not going to a public place in any capacity. So I don't even know if this email says that they went to a movie theater to see it. I don't know if they saw it at home. I hope you saw it at home. They said that they went. They went to a double feature. Oh, so they went. So that makes me think that they did go somewhere. And they were talking about tracers on the screen. So I think this was like at a movie theater. (laughs) Yes. That is bold. That is fucking bold. And I don't think I would ever do that. But it's, it's, listen, you had this experience. It was memorable. You wrote to us about it. And we can't thank you enough. Because cannot. These movies are really crazy on drugs. So <laughs> twice, twice, twice. Also, I hope that you either got married to this person that you saw this with, <laughs> or just had a beautiful relationship that petered out naturally, and you are now friends. Because this is just a beautiful beginning to a story. Here's what I'm going to recommend, Danielle. Maybe you and I drop acid and watch Shame and Desperate Living. Wow, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's our next retreat. Wow. You know I'm down for it. I just can't believe you're the one that recommended it. Listen, I'll I'll, I'll put the old LSD boots back on and and go down this road with you. We got sexy living in midair <laughs> and castration. Let's do it. I'm, you know, I'm down for it. Okay. I want your first acid experience to be with naked Michael Fassbender. That's all I'll say. I could not ask for anything more. Truly. <laughs> truly. All right. Let's put a pit. Let's put a pit at that. Oh, we'll start planning and we'll get Jenny involved and see if Jenny's still down to guide us through the acid experience. <laughs> yes. Jenny will be our Sherpa. I love it. Well, this next email is from Cheryl, who uses she, her pronouns. And the subject is playing hooky. Hi, Danielle and Millie. In the middle of a genuinely shit morning, I decided I had to leave my house, procure coffee and snack, and not look at work email for about an hour. You guys accompanied me on my merry wanderings around rural New Hampshire and lightened my mood so much. I've lost count of how many times during the pandemic I've gone for a drive or a walk with you guys in my ears and giggled or fully snort laughed the entire way. In a time when I can't see most of my friends, listening to your friendship has honestly been a real help to me, and I'm sure so many of your listeners. Because of I Saw What You Did, I finally watched Badlands, amazing, rewatched Smokey and the Bandit, a treasure, and fell in love with Joe versus the Volcano. I'm saving to sleep with anger because I fear that evil Danny Glover will truly fuck me up. (laughs) Instead of trying to stick the landing here, I'll simply sign off with the request to pretty please do another Paul Newman episode. May I suggest the verdict and slap shot for a down and out with Paul double feature. 
You guys rule. Cheryl. Mm. Oh, Cheryl. Thank you so much. This is, I, I like that people feel comforted by us because I feel like we are just two shrieking witches sometimes. <laughs> just like, <laughs> movies, movies, movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy that you found some comfort in this over-caffeinated podcast. In terms of the Paul Newman thing, I swear to God, it's like every time we think about doing another, you know, horny four theme, the instinct is to go back to Paul Newman Mm -hmm. all the time. There's so many movies where we could easily talk about how hot he is. And again, throughout the generations, like a verdict, Paul Newman Uh. and a cat on the hot tin roof, uh, Paul Newman equally as hot, you know, completely. And Slapshot is a podcast fave. Danielle and I have talked about Slapshot, not in an episode as a movie, but just sort of like we've referenced it before. Yes. That movie is a fave and we got to do it one of these days. And here's the thing with Slapshot, because it is personally on my top 10 list. Like it is one of my favorite movies of all time. I've got t-shirts. I've got a Slapshot t-shirt, a Slapshot hoodie. Yes. (laughs) Like I love this movie. I have watched it within the last year. And here's my fear with Slapshot. It is so offensive on so Uh, many levels (laughs) that I don't know how we would enter that conversation with people who had never seen it before. If you've seen it before, you know that it's like, you know, it's from the 70s. It it is what it is. But it is deeply offensive from top to bottom, start to finish. And it's one of the things I love about it. (laughs) If I'm being honest, like, it is one of those pure moments of cinema that was made at a time when it wasn't seeking to be offensive for the fuck of it, but it was just, like, really showcasing how people talked. Right. And, you know, for better and for worse. So I think that it's a tough one, though. It would be a really tough one for us to do on the pod as a podcast that is often introducing movies to people that they have never seen before, I think that would be an interesting pick. But he's never been hotter, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there is something to that, too, about that thing. Uh, we come across it a lot. I mean, actually, it is something that I thought about with Desperate Living, if you want to go back mm. to the last email, where I'm like, these are movies that are made at a completely different time, obviously not informed by sort of what's happening right now in the world. And it is that thing where we do, you know, I do feel responsible sometimes about some of the movies in that there's a lot of people who listen to the podcast that have not watched a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. And yeah, it's hard to be like, hey, let's watch this like really hardcore, (laughs) a lot of cuss words, a lot of other words, like it's really surly. But like you said, the reason why it's charming in a lot of ways. Sometimes I feel like it would be easier to show actual hardcore porn. (laughs) than some of the movies we pick. And I love it. Like, I'm up for the challenge, and I love it. And I think we do a really great job with navigating people through those films. But yeah, it is definitely like, there are some hard ones that we have to really think about before we present or think about how we want to talk about them before we present them. Well, and like it's happened, I think we've done episodes with movies like that. And I think it's just sort of like, do we want to go through the sleepless night of like suggesting a film that people might freak out about i don't know but um again it's uh it's something that we'll have to mull over i would actually love to talk about the verdict at some point too because i haven't seen that in a very long time and that was a movie that that was one of the movies that i remember growing up sort of introducing me to who paul newman was because it was like Mm -hmm. you know obviously i 
you know, was too young to really know. I mean, I was too young to know Slapshot, obviously. Yeah. But it wasn't until his like 80s and, you know, early 90s stuff that I was like, who is this like older actor? Very attractive. And of course, you have your parents and your family members going, uh, he's an older actor. He's been around forever. Like, what are you talking about? But he's the king of cinema. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> have I taught you nothing? Have I taught you nothing? Yeah. So I'd love to see the verdict again. I would love to do a, a Paul Newman horny for the movies that introduced us to Paul Newman. And it would yeah. be the verdict and color of money. Oh, exactly. So maybe we don't do that episode. <laughs> Listen, those are the two. Yeah. Those are the two. The verdict and the color of money where I was like, who is this hot? Who is this dude? Salt and pepper guy. And uh, maybe that, hey, pin in that one too. Okay. But thank you so much for this email, Cheryl. And th- and we're happy to keep you company and hope that your year gets easier and that next year is even better. Hey. All right. Moving on here with Kim. Kim goes by she, her pronouns. Uh, she wrote us an email called Awkward Sex Scene Story and Movie Theme Suggestion. I'm already in. Definitely in. Hey, ladies, I've been a listener since the beginning, and I just love this podcast. It feels like I'm hanging out with two good friends. I was listening to some bonus episodes about embarrassing sex scene stories, and I had to share mine. Growing up, my dad and I watched tons of movies together. We mostly watched Hitchcock, musicals, and any kind of comedy. One Saturday night in 2002, we rented Not Another Teen Movie from Blockbuster. I mean, a sentence that is that is ancient. A sentence that makes you sound like you grew up with rune tablets. That was 20 years ago. <laughs> I remember that night like it was yesterday. Not Another Teen Movie from Blockbuster. Um, not only does it immediately open with a girl masturbating and a dildo ending up in a birthday cake... <laughs> But there are several parts throughout the movie where a woman is walking around completely naked. Needless to say, it was painful to get through, and my 12-year-old self was mortified. I'll never forget it. My movie theme suggestion is one that I've had since last fall. I inadvertently watched a double feature of Stepmom with Susan Sarandon and Julie Roberts and The Family Stone. Both take place around the holidays and both have strong and stubborn, overprotective moms who have a terminal illness— Also, they both have an amazing cast. Thanks so much for reading this. I literally suggest this podcast to everyone I know, and my friend and I have a virtual movie night every Thursday, mostly horror. It was definitely inspired by y'all. Kim. Aw, I love that, Kim. I'm so glad you have a movie night with a friend. I never saw Not Another Teen movie. Me either. I had no idea it had any of that in it. (laughs) Me either. I'm scandalized. All I knew about Not Another Teen Movie, I think Chris Evans is in it. Like a young Chris Evans. Right. That's what I remember him from. It sounds like it's one of the classic dildo in birthday cake films. (laughs) And for that reason alone, we must watch it. (laughs) We have to put it on the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should do... Okay, now I'm I'm scheming. What if we did an, an episode where we did the early work from some actor in the Marvel universe that had something to do with like sex comedy. Okay. I'm into this. Yes. For sure. We've got Robert Downey Jr. to choose from. Yes. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, So the theme would be like Marvel superheroes 
in their early sex comedies type of thing. I'm I'm into it. Their early sex comedies that kicked off the Marvel cin- cinematic universe. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. See, now we're just sca- now we're just using this bonus episode to come up with other episodes. I like it. I feel like people will appreciate it. They're suggesting stuff. They're suggesting movies. Also, this is something that I've, I'm interested in discussing too. So I think we do have to do that theme. Okay. Cuz I feel like these not another teen movies and, you know, sex heavy teen movies is such a genre on to itself like we had porkies and revenge of the nerds and like but it's such a weird genre that people are kind of like we know teens are horny we will give them a little bit but we are not going all the way yeah i agree and i also think it, it was different like i think the late 70s early 80s sex comedies were different than the like 2000s ones yes and i think that would be like an interesting thing to to compare and contrast we're going to get academic with these little hornball comedies. Listen, has anybody out there written a dissertation about fucking sex comedies? You know they have. I would <laughs> love to meet you. I would love to sit down with you. Maybe you can come on the pod. Send it in. We'll have you on the pod for sure because I'm interested. And I also, I love this recommendation of Stepmom and The Family Stone. The Family Stone is a bizarrely great movie for what it is. Like, it has no business being that good. Um, It's a holiday movie that I go back to again and again. And Stepmom has... Now, this is not something that Kim mentioned in her email. Stepmom has a scene with Ed Harris proposing to Julia Roberts in a way that I have never seen before. And it rocked lives. I remember when this movie came out and it rocked people's lives where they would look at their partner and be like, you are a worthless piece of shit for not proposing to me like this. God, I have seen neither of those films. (gasps) Maybe we should. Look, there's always a space in the I saw what you did universe for an overprotective mom who's going to die. Listen, this is a 1998 film too. Yeah. I thought it was, came out in the 2000s or even the 2010s. So no. this is all news to me. We got to watch this film. At least I do. I mean, this is looking pretty fucking good. And we could even do it for a bonus. Yeah, we could do a bonus. Um, also, The Family Stone. Is that the one with Sarah Jessica Parker? Is she in that film? Yes. Okay. Sarah Jessica Parker, Luke Wilson, um, Rachel, what's her face? Rachel McAdams. Oh, right. Right. Okay. This is a good suggestion, Kim. This entire email has really like sent us in to thought experiment territory here. I love it. Absolutely. Thank you for lighting up the synapses. <laughs> I think we have time for one more, maybe? I believe we do. All right. This is from Jace, and the title is Thank You. First off, I love you guys because you're only a few years older than me. So I always imagined you were the high school girls, middle school me hung out with and idolized in the 90s. That is such a compliment. Truly. I love it. Second, thank you for reviewing Splendor. I love Greg Rocky, his films, and Christian from Clueless made me feel like it was okay to be gay. Nowhere, even though it was crazy, was my favorite. Yes. So I appreciate all you have to say and will continue making my husband listen as well. Light and love, Jace. Aw, thank you, Jace. That's such a, to start off with such a strong compliment is beautiful and then it only gets better from there. I love it. I love any film that makes someone feel like it's okay to be who they are, top to bottom. 
Yes. Um, I'm so happy that you wrote us and told us all of that. Yeah, there was a moment, you know, because when we talked about Splendor, it was in the um, episode that we did with The Opposite of Sex. And I, there was a moment where I thought, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe we never talked about Gregoraki before. And I can't believe that the first time is going to be like this very like, I, I, will, I don't want to say off-brand for Gregoraki, but definitely like a movie that is way different than a lot of his filmography. And there's benefits to that, too. I mean, obviously, it's nice to see kind of like him go into this like rom-com direction. But I did feel like, oh, man, we should have talked about another one of his films. Like we could we could have talked about The Living End, which is something I would have I would love to talk about on the on the podcast. Nowhere, obviously, is a big one, too. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think don't we're not we're not completely done with Greg Rocky. I feel like we could go back into that world for sure. And I think we have to like I know that I, I brought this up during the the recording of the episode, but some of his films from the early 2000s or mid 2000s, like Mysterious Skin, I think are worth a look. It's what Mysterious Skin to me is one of those films that is so underrated because the subject matter is so, freaks people out. But I thought he handled it well. And that it was really, I remember that film just being very eye-opening for its honesty and its willingness to like go somewhere that other filmmakers will never go. And it was creepy and it had a great cast. And I also think that, you know, like the Doom Generation is a formative movie for me. (laughs) So like definitely worth revisiting him because I think again, like Jace says in this, this email that Greg Araki is someone who he's one of those, what do you, I think you call it like a card carrying Handshake. A handshake film. Thank you. Like, you know, card carrying, handshake, whatever. But, Same diff. <laughs> but a handshake film, which is like if you, he speaks to people in such an intense way that he becomes an instant discussion point. Like if you've seen a Gregor Aki film and you know someone who has, you're kind of around your people. So I think it's worth digging in a little bit. I agree. I didn't tell this story in the episode. Anytime I have a movie to talk about, I write like, feverish notes for all of my movies and then I end up having to like cut a lot of them for time right because we don't have forever to do these podcasts so the first time I ever saw the doom generation was with this friend of mine Jason Martinez who was I think the only out gay man in my high school at the time Mm -hmm. and um I met him in 93 I think and I went to high school in this very suburban white North Georgia place, right? Mm -hmm. And there wasn't a lot of people of color in my high school, and there wasn't anybody really out in my high school. And he was both. He was a Latinx gay guy. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I was thinking, like, wow, like, he's kind of, like, bold to be himself in this school, in this community. And we connected, and I used to spend a lot of time at his house. Mm -hmm. He was raised by a single mom who worked a lot, so we had a lot of free time to spend at his house with no parental supervision. And he introduced me to a lot of things. The first time I ever saw gay porn was at his house. (laughs) Wait, tell that story. Tell me at least a truncated version of that story. It was me and... um, I can't remember who the other friend was, but we were sitting around his mom's house smoking cigarettes. And he was like, hey, I got this porn. This It was like a French gay porn. And all I remember the plot was they were all at like a bathhouse, but it was very like sort of inspired by like Roman architecture. Like it was kind <laughs> of like, um, it had a lot of pillars and there was a lot of uh, drapery hanging off the pillars. And 
It was a, a bunch of like extremely hot European guys. And that was the story. Okay. Amazing. Not that all porn has something like that, but I'm just saying that like that was that was the story of this porn. And I just remember like I never I never really seen a lot of porn before then because I was pretty yeah. young. But it was it was that thing where I was like, oh, okay. And he introduced me to the Doom generation. And I'll never forget him. He passed away, actually, like, probably about eight or nine years ago. I lost touch with him, unfortunately. But even though we did work together, at some point when I graduated high school, he was a year ahead of me, but he um, got me this job at the mo- the coolest hair salon in my town. I love this. <laughs> Where I love this. If you wanted to dye your hair pink, like, this was the place to do it. This man has shaped your whole alternative culture life. I'm telling you, he was very formative for me. And he got me a job there. And I remember I worked with him for maybe like a year or something after high school, but then I lost touch with him. And then I heard that he passed away, unfortunately. But yeah, he is the person that I can thank for introducing me to Greg Araki. And um, yeah, it is a handshake movie. Him as a director, I think is people have a lot of experiences like that. Like they're sort of like, I remember when this cool person introduced me to Greg Araki and vice versa. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I'm glad we did that episode and we're not, we're going to do more. We're going to do more. I completely, completely agree. I think that that's, it is a very cool and it's, it's, it's cool. And it's also kind of its own rite of passage to have those kinds of directors introduced to you by, by people who are cool. And, and I love that, you know, at the beginning of this email, Jace said that he imagined that we were the high school girls that the middle school version of him would have wanted to hang out with. And we all have that. So I think we all have those people in our lives who were like, we need their guidance and we think they're cool and we want to know what they're into so that we can be into cool stuff. And that's a very big part of growing up. And it's a big part of of developing a personality and developing your own cultural currency. And it's it's important to all of us. So I think that Greg Araki is definitely, I, I mean, I would love to get him on the pod. He's definitely one of those directors who I think has gone under the radar in some ways that are unnecessary, but also has resulted in him him making incredible work because he's not taking big budget from studios and he's just kind of doing his own thing. Yeah. Well, that I think is all we have time for. This was such a great little collection of letters. Thank you guys so much. Yes, please keep writing into us. We want all of your I was high at the movies experiences, all of your embarrassing parent moments at the movies. If you worked at a theater, if you were introduced to gay porn by somebody in your suburb, um, (laughs) maybe not that one. (laughs) Yeah, that was very specific to my experience. (laughs) Well, um, listen, if you are wanting to write to us, please do so at I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. You can definitely follow us on our social media accounts. We are at I Saw Pod on Twitter and Instagram. On top of that, you know, holidays are literally right around the corner. If you haven't done so and you want some holiday merch to give to friends and family or listen, when it comes down to it, if you just want to buy holiday merch for yourself, yes, which is always a move, we have some stuff in the uh, Exactly Right shop at exactlyrightmedia.com. And you're already listening to this, which means that you have found your way to Stitcher Premium, which is where our uh, bonus episodes live exclusively. And if you're listening because you are listening on a friend's phone and you're like, how do I get more of this? You can go ahead and enter the promo code SAW for a free month and get Stitcher Premium all for yourself. Yes, exactly right. Well, Danielle, as always, it was a pleasure to pound coffee with you and read these awesome letters beautiful 
I guess we'll see everybody soon. And I also wanted to say that the whole time we've been recording, Carrot has been asleep next to me in his little bed, snoring his head off. So I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm going to see if I can get the mic a little bit closer. You can hear a big old snore. Well, of course, he stops snoring when I want to (laughs) fucking record him. You little shit. (laughs) You little shit. You're like a stage mom. You're like, come on, do the thing. Well, thank you, everybody. Carrot will live to snore again, and we'll catch it next time. But thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Alexis Amorosi. Our engineer is Annalise Nelson. Our theme song is by Tom Bryfogel. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstark, Karen Kilgareth, and Danielle Kramer. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod. Email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail. And please don't forget to listen, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. 